Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello, hi, how is everyone? Welcome to Ask Floss. I love being here with you answering your questions and giving you my best unprofessional advice. I hope I can be helpful, so let's get straight into it. Favorite holiday, Christmas, Halloween, or Valentine's Day? Probably Christmas because it's family, it's good food. I love going home to see my parents. I also love Valentine's Day. It's a really good way to express romantic rituals and do romantic things, whether it's with your friends or a partner or a date, kind of taking away the capitalism aspect from it. Just spending quality time with the people you love. Okay, next question. Hey Floss, I recently split with my long-term ex on my terms and I'm coming to terms with the amount of emotional manipulation, my therapist said abuse, that I faced during it. Isn't it interesting how we never want to call it abuse because it's too big? It's the same thing that we do with sexual assault and rape. We never want to use the, the actual term for it because of what it does to them and what it means for them. Anyway, I'll continue with the question. I was doing well after a while, got new tattoos, dyed my hair, classic, and started to doctor it in clinical psychology. Recently, though, I've been feeling really low and super lonely as my friends are in relationships and I don't feel anyone's priority. I try not to seek reassurance or validation from others, but do you have any advice on how to truly, radically love myself? Are there any steps you put in place that helped you on this journey? Love to you. Georgia, so much love to you. Okay, this is a tricky one. I love what you're saying here about not feeling anyone's priority. This isn't even about needing validation from other people. It's not feeling like anyone's priority. I can totally relate to that. Sometimes when it feels like everyone has a person and you don't, I've definitely been there Whether you don't have a best friend or you don't have a partner. It can kind of feel like no one's really looking out for you. And I can sit here and say, you've got to look out for yourself and you've got to do all of this stuff. And in an ideal world, that is exactly what would happen. And then you would just attract all of this abundance into your life. But it's not fucking easy. It's not an easy place to be in where everyone around you seems like they are completely siloed off into these couples and you don't have anyone thinking about you. Number one, try telling the people in your life how you feel about this. I don't know how you feel about telling your friends this. Maybe you feel like they really wouldn't care, but maybe try telling some friends that you would like to prioritize more. You know, you've asked me how to help you with on this healing journey. Sometimes just communicating your desires is a big part of the journey of doing all of this stuff. Um, you said at the beginning you've come to terms with the amount of m- emotional manipulation that you went during your last relationship. That is, that's a fucker because it pulls the rug from under you. We have to look back on the entire relationship in a completely different way and that's really tough. You said you've you've dyed your hair, you've got new tattoos. I read this thing before that was like, this, this is one of the main reasons why a lot of women get tattoos subconsciously, not even consciously, is because they want a body that their last partner hasn't even touched. So it's like you've got a completely different body. It's a completely different version of you that your partner has never even had access to. And I always, I love that analogy. It sounds like you're really stepping into yourself and I'm so excited for you on this journey. You said you've tried, you're trying not to seek reassurance or validation from others. It's a very human need to want to feel needed and loved by other people, by the way. I feel like you're on the right path even by asking this question. And yeah, I definitely recommend talking to your friends about this and just doing doing things that interest you and then 
Yeah, I, I, I don't really, I feel like you've got this already. I feel like you're already doing all of the things. You've asked me about the steps that I put in place to help me on this journey. I really did just kind of focus on myself and then so many beautiful things grew from that. Just with my career, with my artwork, you get it back. Any time you spend with yourself, you get it back in one way or another. Okay, on to the next question. Piercings or tattoos? Why? Are we talking about piercings or tattoos on myself? Piercings and tattoos on other people? I like them both. I have quite a few tattoos now, maybe like 13 or 15. I'm not sure how many. I like both, but I do prefer tattoos. Okay, next question. Hi, sorry, this is a bit of a long one. Basically, my boyfriend and I have been together for a year, but we've never actually had penetrative intercourse as it causes him too much pain. He has severe phimosis. Phimosis? Am I saying that correctly? I've never heard of that term before. And just underwent a circumcision to correct this. This isn't to say that our sex life is bad. It's amazing. We have the healthiest relationship and feel comfortable to communicate our wants and needs to each other. But we're both admittedly a little nervous to start having actual sex. While so exciting, it feels like a big jump from all the other stuff that we're used to do you have any advice on the situation our sex life is so good but i'm worried that our first time will be a disappointment and you know what it could be but just laugh about it please take the stress and the pressure off of this situation you two sound so fucking in love you said your sex life is amazing you're basically having lesbian sex because there's just fingers and lots of oral sex involved so i'm very happy for you you said your sex life is amazing and now you're introducing another part of it this should be something that's exciting completely nerve-wracking because you've never done it before and he's I'm maybe he's never done it before I'm not sure how long he's had this condition and now he's getting better whatever but I'm so excited for you I'm so excited for you and first of all this is the thing I always say to my friends who are nervous about having gay sex for the first time everybody is different you're not supposed to just know Like, you're not supposed to just intuitively know how to pleasure someone. You have to ask the person what they like anyway, particularly with women. Every pussy is different. Every body is different, whatever. You just always have to ask depending on the person anyway. So you're not supposed to just know how to fucking pleasure someone. You have to ask questions. Of course, there's so many tips on how to be smooth and how to like, how to be in tune with someone's body, but that just comes naturally when you love someone. I'm so excited for you both. And the first time might be a disappointment or it might be the time of your life and you might have a laugh and then get better at it the next morning. I'm excited for you. Okay, next question. Dream wedding destination. Oh, I've actually never thought about a wedding, but... I don't know. My favourite city is Florence, but I've also never been anywhere else in Italy. I feel like Italy's a very romantic place, isn't it? So gorgeous. Yeah, I've actually never, I've never even envisioned myself in a wedding dress. Someone asked me recently, what would your wedding dress look like? Mine would look like X. And I've never thought about it. Never thought about what a wedding, wedding dress would look like. I can't even imagine it. But thinking about it now, something sexy, something corseted. I recently started wearing corsets and they just make me feel so hot something with the titties out. Okay, next question. Hi Floss, I want to say a big thank you for your podcast. Amazing platform introducing and uplifting so many interesting topics and creators. What's your favourite part of your job? This. My favourite part is connecting with my audience. That's my favourite thing. 
My favorite thing is talking with you, discussing things with you. It sets my soul on fire. I love it. And I also love getting to meet people in real life, which can be very socially exhausting when I do like a book tour or something because it's so many nights in a row. But overall, it's the most rewarding thing, just getting to meet and talk with people. I love it so much. Okay, next question. What's your favorite song? This is an impossible question, but what is the first one that's coming to my head right now? Suddenly my mind's gone blank. I do not have a favorite song, but one that moved me deeply this year. Let's say that. A song that moved me deeply this year. The last song on Beach House's latest album, Modern Love Stories. It just kind of crescendos at the end and it changes into this acoustic guitar at the end, which is just so not Beach House. And then it's just, it's just unbelievably beautiful, covered in goosebumps the first time I listened to it absolutely fucking gorgeous okay next question hi floss i've been single for a year now have healed properly in this time found myself and feel extremely healthy as i have been on my own for a long time i'm struggling to put myself in a position to meet new people as i'm too worried about compromising the progress i've made over this year i feel the progress i've made has gone way past the point when now i won't even allow anyone who compromises my peace in the slightest to come into my life and in turn i'm potentially avoiding good opportunities to find someone sorry this was long but how do i break the overly strict boundaries i have and put myself in position to date when I'm constantly too protective over the progress I've made. Thank you, Floss. Yes! Hard relate, hard relate, hard relate, hard relate, hard relate, hard relate. Okay, so when it comes to, I completely relate to this question, being single for so long, afraid to let someone in because you're basically afraid of them encroaching on your independence. It's a scary thing because you've created this gorgeous bubble, but it is a bubble. It's also not real life because you cannot heal relational wounds without being in a relationship. You can heal wounds of insecurities. You can heal wounds of past trauma. You can do all of that. And you still don't know if you have the same reactions, the same relational insecurities, your temper, how reactive you are, your jealousy, all of this stuff can only really come up in a relationship because that is where you were hurt. If you were hurt in a relationship, if you've been working on yourself, the only place you can really heal is in a relationship with a person. You can also do it with friendships. If you have close friendships, you can do conflict resolution and all that kind of stuff. But when it comes to romantic relationships, if that's where you've been hurt, then that is the only place that you can heal. So the positive is, clearly sounds like you're a very growth-oriented person. The bonus to this is, if you're looking to start dating someone new again and you're afraid to let them in, is that you're just going to do more growing, right? So you're going to learn about all those old wounds and yeah you know you have this gorgeous little protective bubble that's also okay if you want to remain in the bubble like it's your life I don't understand when people say you're being too picky or you have too many standards you have too blah 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 blah. you'll be single and alone forever at this rate that's okay like let people do what they want to do if you have standards and you're being picky who is anyone else to tell you to drop those standards people just assume that you must be with someone constantly all the time. So if you're having fun being single, or not even fun, you're just having peace. You want peace. You don't want to do more work on yourself. You don't want to like deal with having a relationship because you're going to be responsible for another person's like daily routine and all all of this stuff. If that's not something you feel you have the bandwidth for, you don't have to. You can also just wait for that person to come along that maybe wants makes you want to do that. 
if nothing's setting your soul on fire, don't worry too much about compromising for it because you don't need to. Okay, you got this. Next question. How to let go of anger when someone makes a mean comment? When someone makes a mean comment, it is designed to get you to react. It is designed to pressure you into reacting and exploding and getting angry. Do not allow someone to control your mood just because they want to. That's how I think about it. I always think about when life events piss me off and things happen and things are unintentional, they can actually piss me off more. But when someone is trying to get a rise out of you, they are trying to have control over your emotional state. Why? Just because they want to. Online trolls, random people in the street, people in traffic, they just don't give a fuck. They don't care. And it's so, it's so not fair for someone to just be able to have that much control over your emotions just because they wanted to. So, kind of have it as this like, fuck you thing of like, fuck you, fuck you, this com- this mean comment was designed to get a rise out of me and my happiness is going to come from not giving you what you want, which is my reaction. Okay, next question. How to not let mistrust from the past affect dating a new person? This is very similar to the last question. How to not let mistrust affect dating a new person? It probably will. It probably will, and it might take a little longer for you to trust the person, and that's okay. I think it's remembering whether you're reacting to something happening in the moment or something happening from the past. If you find yourself doing, like, trying to find something wrong or trying to start arguments or things where there aren't anything wrong with it, that's obviously when it becomes a problem. But mistrusting from the past, affecting dating a new person, it's, it is going to affect you. But that's, it's finding someone to work through it with, someone that's just like, oh, that makes sense. I understand. And just not being an arse, just being honest. Just being like, it's really hard for me to trust because of everything I've been through. Can you just give me a little more time? You're allowed to have time. Taking time to trust someone new is wise. It's wise. You shouldn't trust people you just met. Maybe this is your wisdom kicking in. Who knows? Go with the flow, see how you feel. You're not under any pressure to do anything so soon. Okay, next question. I'm worried I'll become an asshole if I stop caring about people's opinions. I don't think it's possible for someone asking this question to become an asshole when you stop caring about people's opinions. And when we say stop caring about people's opinions, it's just having a filter for what gets through and what doesn't. Does this person have a life I want? Has this person been in the same situation as me before? Is this person a complete fucking stranger on the internet telling me what to do? Just use a filter and have a filter for your opinions that you seep into your pores. Okay, next question. How do you differentiate if you're being authentically you or just people-pleasing? I just did an episode on this for exactly about people-pleasing with an incredible woman. But she said it's about feeling, if, again, all comes back to the body. Do you feel light in your body about the decision or does it feel like a burden? Do you think you'll be complaining and moaning about doing the thing afterwards? That's how I always... um make the differentiation and I'm not talking about stuff you have to do this is you know favors for people seeing people hanging out with people social interactions how do you feel afterwards do you feel light or do you feel heavy okay next question 
How to deal with the guilt from setting a boundary, just hold it. Just hold the boundary. Do something else, busy yourself, but just hold it. Keep holding it and don't let the guilt make you think you made the wrong decision. Don't let the guilt from making a boundary make you feel like you've made the wrong decision. Sometimes the right decisions feel like shit. Okay, next question. I want to tell my boyfriend I love him, but it's too early and don't want him to freak out. Okay. How early is too early? Do you feel like he he feels the same way? I guess you're wondering, am I existing in this delusion? I've been there where you're like, am I in this delusion where I think that he's in love with me, they're in love with me, and they're not? Have some kind of discussion about exclusivity, maybe. Oh, he's your boyfriend. You're not dating. Okay. So you want to tell him you love him. I, it takes me a while to tell someone I love them. It takes me a very long time, mostly because I want it to mean something. And I really, I really want, I'm a big sucker for like long-term gratification. So I love the feeling and the reward I get from waiting a while to say something or do something with someone. Um, it makes me feel really good. It's like an exercise in my, not integrity in a way that by saying it doesn't mean it means something, but in terms of my trust levels, I'm like, I really want this person to know I fucking mean it. But what you can also do is just drop little hints. You can drop little hints about what you mean to kind of like test the waters. You can say things like, I don't know, there's something I really want to say to you. Or, I don't know, you, you I don't know how you talk with your boyfriend, but there are ways you can definitely, definitely try and do it. Or like, playing songs with the words I love you in and testing the waters with that kind of stuff. Don't really, don't try to freak out about it. I think you will know when you're both ready to say it. Sometimes when you just look into someone's eyes, you know, and then you know that they also want to say it. And talk about that. Okay, next question. How to set a boundary with a partner overseeing their friends who I don't like without sounding hurtful? You could say, a, what, not, not necessarily what you don't like about the friends, but you could say, I feel a bit uncomfortable when I'm around your friends because X. You should not have to do it. I think it's a really, really good chance for you to set some boundaries and have a discussion with your partner about how their friends make you feel. I've had to do this before. It went down really well best of luck to you. I think your partner will listen to you and hopefully understand you and you you shouldn't have to put up with something that's making you uncomfortable or feels hurtful to you. Next question. Good brunch spots in London. I love the Breakfast Club. If you're looking for something affordable with gorgeous locations all over London, Breakfast Club are really good. They do a gorgeous avocado on toast of all the gorgeous stuff. Like the, they do their own little relish on top of it as well, which is really nice. Breakfast Club is really good. Loads of places on Brick Lane, around Shoreditch, Broadway Market, Sunday Markets are really good. Yeah, loads of gorgeous places like that. Okay, next question. How to differentiate between healthy independence and crumbs in a relationship? Healthy independence, is this yourself or your partner? I'm assuming it's your partner. So how to differentiate between your partner having healthy independence 
and receiving crumbs from them. So I'm assuming your partner spends a lot of time by themselves and they see you every now and then and you're trying to differentiate between what's them just kind of leading you on and breadcrumbing you and what's them just having healthy independence. I think the fact that you're maybe asking this question, maybe you feel a bit like you're not receiving enough love from your partner, that, that's enough. Like it's enough to want more t- quality time with your partner for that to kind of feel like you're not being treated the right way. That doesn't mean leaving them. It means telling them. It means telling them, I want more quality time with you. It means telling them, you know, this thing's changed. Is there something going on? Is everything okay? Just communicate with them. Just talk with them. And if you want more, that is perfectly okay. I don't think there's any such thing such as needy in a relationship unless the same problem comes over and over and over and over and over and over and over again, no matter how much reassurance your partner gives you. That's when it becomes a you problem, okay? Things to do with jealousy or insecurities or whatever. When they come up over and over and over again and your partner has repeatedly reassured you about things and you can trust them, that's when it's a you thing. Um, but if you want more quality time with your partner, do not be afraid to ask for it. Next question. I'm in a healthy and supporting relationship, but kind of want to go solo for a bit and feel bad about it. Do you want to go solo because you want to be with other people or do you want to go solo because you want to be with yourself and then come back to that person? Because you said I want to be solo for a bit. Perhaps finding the why behind that is good. So figuring out why you want to be solo, whether you want time alone or you want time to be with other people, it's completely different. Um, if you want space in the relationship because, I don't know, you're feeling smothered or you feel like it's too much, that's a discussion to have with your partner. If you want to open the relationship, that's a whole other discussion to have with your partner. Um, yeah, have, have a go at finding out what it is and why you want to be solo. Of course, you're going to feel bad because the relationship started off monogamous and now maybe you want to open it, whatever. I'm sure that's a completely normal thing that quite a lot of people who want to go poly or open go through um, because you're like, you're changing the deal, right? Whatever this person signed up for. Um, but if that's what you want, I guess you have to you have to weigh up in your mind whether it's something you just want for a little bit, whether it's something worth sacrificing the relationship for if you really, really want it. And having the discussion with your partner, either way, the feelings are there. If you've been thinking about it for a while, it's probably something that you should bring up with them. Okay, next question. When leaving a toxic relationship, does the other person deserve an explanation? No. No, it's contextual, you know, but giving the person a reason won't do anything for that, for you ending the relationship. They want it so that they can justify... Um, or try and make up another reason as to bring you back in most of the time if it's a toxic relationship. Um, And when you say a reason, sometimes people can make you feel bad for your reason, then you can get looped back in. And if you're saying toxic relationship, I'm going to go with a relationship that's um, emotionally abusive or physically abusive or something, or a relationship where you're just bad for each other. Giving someone a reason if they're harmful to you and you know the context of the person they might do something to harm you. So you don't always have to give an answer. Okay, next question. Favourite part of Christmas dinner? Cauliflower cheese and stuffing. Okay, next question. Gaining weight after recovering from an eating disorder. How can I remind myself that this is good? Oh yeah, that's a tricky one. The thing is, is your journey on the outside is now reflecting the inside. An eating disorder has a lot to do with control 
Um, it has a lot to do with body image, obviously, but a lot of it does have to do with control. And now your body on the outside is starting to reflect the healing journey going on on the inside. And so what can be really societally confusing is that when you actually start to become healthier, mentally, whatever, and you start to put on weight, people view this as the opposite. People think, X, Y, I'm not even going to say all the things because they can just be so triggering for people, particularly if you're in ED recovery. But people start to say things that make you question if this even is good for you because everyone around you is questioning why you've gained weight and you were receiving so much praise before when you were losing weight. So I just want to say that because I think if I heard that during my ED recovery, that would have been really healing for me. It's to know that the inside is healing and you're feeling better internally and then suddenly everyone's just saying, oh, you're gaining weight, what's going on? And actually you've never felt better in your life. So I'm just going to say that just to validate you on your journey. I don't really have any advice because the whole thing is so tricky. Okay, on to the next question. What part does masturbation play in self-love? Whatever part you want it to, babes. Whatever part you want it to, it can play a part. It might not play a part. Just because you don't want to fuck yourself doesn't mean you don't love yourself. That doesn't matter. It's your body. You can do what you want with it. And on the other hand, if you want better sex, I do believe that you should touch yourself because that's how you're going to learn how you can calm, what you like, where you like it, all of that kind of stuff. It will lead into the bedroom. It will also lead to you being better able to advocate for your desires in the bedroom if you know what you like. If you don't know what you like in the bedroom, you can kind of just go with the flow and end up doing things you don't really like. So it kind of does, it can transpire into all of the arenas, but also you don't have to fuck yourself to love yourself. Okay, next question. How do you get out of the habit of putting other people first if you've done it all your life? I'm a massive people pleaser and being a people pleaser is not a good thing. It's not a badge of honour. It just makes you fucking annoying because you end up agreeing to lots of things that you don't want to do and then you become resentful and not a very nice person to hang around. So... How do you change that? Say no to one small thing. Say no to a social gathering and feel the guilt. Feel it all and it will just get easier with time. Say no to a social gathering. Say no to this. Say no to that. Keep strict boundaries about what you do in your morning routine. Do all of this stuff and do one thing for yourself a day that makes you feel a little bit guilty. Like one of my recent podcast guests said she takes a bath in the morning. The idea of me doing that stressed me out so much. Like the idea of having a bath stressed me out because of how much I have to do in the mornings. But I've made it a priority this week to do that, to do something that just completely centers myself in my morning routine so that I can feel better for the rest of the day. Because if I incorporated some rest into my morning routine, maybe I would feel a lot less stressed during the day. People pleasers need to essentially get used to pushing through guilt. Okay, next question. How do you practice self-love every day? Doing things I don't want to do sometimes. So like self-love for me could be making sure I work out even when I don't want to in the mornings because I've got a whole day of writing, I've got a whole day of recording and if I don't move my body, I feel like shit and I get cranky. So it's waking up early and um, going on a bike to make sure that I'm I'm moving my body so that I feel good afterwards. My first guest on this podcast, Madame Storm, spoke about how self-love isn't always overindulging. It's not doing all of the nice things and, and being lovely to yourself. Sometimes it's doing the shitty things you don't want to do so you can enjoy and reap the benefits of it afterwards. That's a good thing for self-love, doing something like that every day and also just not pushing yourself. Some days you're not going to want to fucking do it and loving the version of yourself that doesn't want to do it. That's what my uh, recent podcast uh, guest, Sonia Rennie Taylor, said when she goes to the airport and she's feeling shit and cranky and she can't control her thoughts and she's angry at everyone because it's an early morning flight. Just loving that version of herself also. Okay, on to the next question. I love me and my body, but why do I still feel like it's unlovable and only seen as a sex object? 
oh my God, I, I also struggle with this in the past. When people tell you you're sexy, you want to be seen as more, but then when people only say, oh, you so this and that, and oh, no, I love what you say, I've often found like, I want to be looked at like a fucking sex object. It's so confusing. There's all of this confusing messaging women have about our bodies. We're taught that our desirability is our biggest currency that we can offer anyone. And then it's also used against us and blamed for being, oh, look at what she was wearing. She deserved to be R-worded. She deserved to be sexually assaulted. She deserved this, she deserved that, whatever. It's so fucking confusing existing in a in a woman's body. It's used against us. So I'm just not even surprised that this is the way you feel, to be honest. It's just a product of how our society has raised us and encouraged us to feel about our bodies. So why do you feel like it's unlovable and only seen as a sex object? Perhaps that's because of the way you've been treated in the past, you know? I'm not going to sit here and say, you need to completely work on yourself and rewire your body image and your body dysmorphia. Sometimes we feel this way because it's a direct result of our experiences and those are totally valid. You are completely fucking lovable. You're a whole fucking person. You have so many qualities about yourself. You do not just have your body to offer. Now, this is where it gets confusing in like the dating world, particularly in the heterosexual dating world, is that women typically feel they have to withhold sex to even test if a guy likes them, not just for their body, but then that plays right back into the trap of like, your body being this thing that people have to earn and and that goes into like the purity virgin realm where it's like oh but then women who sleep on the first date what does that mean about them and am I all of this stuff it's so confusing and it's so I hate it I hate that there's these two polarizing worlds of feminism and what women want to do and then the world that we exist in where that's not always an option that's available for us so it is very confusing you love you and your body, but you still feel like a sex object. I just, every myself included, even as a queer woman, like I still completely get this. I completely understand this statement. Um, it's just something that you can work on yourself with and also that will be reflected back to you with good people around you in your life who will reflect back that you are so much more than that. Ask your friends what they love about you. None of them are going to say, oh, because you're so fucking sexy. It might be one of the many things that they say about you, but your friends are not friends with you just because you're sexy. Do you know what I mean? Your friends love you. Okay, the next question. The guy I've been sleeping with ghosted me. What do I do? Okay, so you're already probably going through the whole bargaining stage of like wondering why he ghosted you. You're probably talking to your friends about it at brunch. There will come a time where your friends might get so annoyed with you because you're thinking about all of these reasons and all of these excuses and what if, what if, what if, what if, what if. You need to kind of flesh out all of those things and realise that if someone has ghosted you, there's nothing you can do about it and you cannot reel someone back into your life who doesn't want to be in your life. It does not mean that you did something wrong it's just revealed something about this person. Maybe you wanted more, something more from them. Maybe you didn't even want something from them, but your ego just can't handle that this person didn't want you. That's definitely happened with me before. You've asked me, what do you do? Do not reach back out to them. If someone's ghosted you, to me, in my book, that's just one of the biggest disrespects ever because they could have so easily fucking messaged you. Clearly, this wasn't like a mutual ghost situation where you both realized it was just a one night thing because you're asking me about it. I'm so sorry that this has happened to you. The dating scene is just wild. People are treating each other in this really transactional, disposable way now because we have the barrier of the internet. It's almost like we can lose connection to people so easily as well as gain it. It's really confusing. But just know that I've also experienced this as well. So I completely get you. Okay, next question. I've caught feelings for the guy I'm sleeping with. How do I ask him to start dating? literally ask him and if you're not good at doing things in person you can just send a text 
you could say, hey, I'm really enjoying spending time together. I would love to go on a proper date with you. Let me know if you're up for it. I'm definitely looking for something more romantic. Be fucking assertive. And also don't be like, hey, where, who, what are we? Because you just kind of play into and you, kind, you put the ball in their court. State your desires. Nothing's hotter than when someone states their desires. And also, if you want more from this guy and you cannot deal with the idea of just sleeping with him, then do not settle for just sleeping with him because you will always probably secretly be holding out and hoping that he's going to commit to you and it may or may not happen. But if you are totally okay with just sleeping with him and dating other people, then absolutely do that. But only you can answer that question for yourself about what you will and will not tolerate from this person. Okay, next question. Dinner party game. Anyone dead or alive, who are you inviting? What would you cook? Okay, I think I've answered this question many times and the answers change all the time. Stevie Nicks would be there. Gloria Steinem would be there. Lady Gaga would be there. Glennon Doyle. I love her so much. Who else? God, what a table. Maybe Cher? I'd love to talk to some artists as well. Um, What would I cook? Okay, I'd cook them on a fucking Sunday roast. I would get them all to have a Sunday roast because I think all the people I listed are actually Americans. So I'd cook them a good Sunday roast the flossy way. Okay, next question. What would your topic be on Mastermind? I've not actually watched Mastermind in so long. I've genuinely forgotten what the fucking show's about. Is it like when you have so much knowledge on a specific subject? I'm not even going to giggle it. I'm just going to assume that that is what Mastermind's about. Music. It would be about music specifically 60s and 70s music I think I know so much about the Rolling Stones just like a ridiculous amount about the Rolling Stones I hope that's what Mastermind's about I can't fucking remember thank you so much for listening everyone I'm so grateful that you're here thank you so much for listening I'll be back with more Ask Floss next week love you bye